the Lord rearranged me this morning. So the things that I've been preparing and putting those things aside, we've been going through Ephesians. It's been a blessing to me, and I've been wanting to get back to that, but um, the Lord just told me to put that aside for the day. So I've got some scripture I'm going to share with you, but I'm going to be sharing with you from my heart a lot, if that's okay with you. And uh, I, I've been deeply inspired something. I told you not too long ago that the Lord gave me a word, um, um, and I'll, I'll share that with you in a little bit. But let's turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start there. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray just as the Lord is putting this together in me as we go along I just want him to govern it all. I don't want to miss one piece, and I don't want to add one piece that's not of him. Okay? Y'all okay with this? All right. I'm going to just start with prayer. Let's just be still for just a moment. <clears throat> God, I believe you're desiring to speak uh, to your, your people today, dear Lord. Um, so this is fresh happening to me while I'm sharing, and Lord, I don't want to miss anything. So God, would you guide me and direct me? Lord, help this word to land on good soil, help it to be fruitful, and God, to just awaken in us and equip us with the resources that we need to be able to be effective in life. Have your way right here, right now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. I like that word. The word amen in Scripture means so be it. May it be unto me according to your word. May it be unto me according to your word. And I just want to say your way right here, right now. That's what we want. Amen. So in, in Romans chapter 8, there's this Scripture that says in verse 37, Know in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. Can we say amen to that? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. What a powerful statement. And I just, Mike shared something just a little bit ago, and it triggered something inside of me, and I'm, I, I've got to, to, to share this. It says here that neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That means that none of those things that come against us actually have the ability in themselves to separate us from the love of God. But that doesn't leave us from a decision on our part. If we allow our circumstances to begin pointing a finger at God, we can separate ourselves from not that He's withdrawing from us, but we can withdraw from Him because we start accusing God. And it's important that we position ourselves in the right kind of place so that we don't drift from God. Those things in themselves do not have the power to separate us from God. So why would we allow them to? Don't allow our circumstances, don't allow our situations to rule over us. When Mike shared what he shared, every one of us face storms. We go through hard things in life. There are things that I wish that I'd never had to go through. I see other people go through things, and I, I want to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand. You know, we'll pray for them. We'll intercede. Why are they having to go through this? There's that why coming up again. But, folks, let me just say this. You will gain victory in your storm before you gain victory over your storm. I want you to get that. You will gain victory in your storm before you gain victory over your storm. Where you're in the middle of that place and you make up your mind that you will not be defeated by this thing, that you're going to hold on to the Lord, that you're going to believe his word even when you don't see it, that you're going to believe his promises, you're going to stand on his word and on his promises even when the circumstances haven't changed on the outside. You're going to have victory in your storm before you have victory over the storm. I don't, the enemy 
will always contest what God wants to accomplish in our lives. The real question that we struggle with is why does God allow it to come to us? Trust God that if, if it has come to us, if it's been allowed to come to us, not that it was God's doing that it came to you, but if it has come to us, understand this, that God is God enough to bring you through that thing and to God give you victory in it and give you victory over it. It says here, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So here's the thing that uh, I've, I've been really challenged this week with some things. And before I can say what that is, I have to say this. All day long, we can get people to sign up in church and say that when we talk about being a conqueror, when we talk about being victorious, when we talk about being overcomers, when you talk like that, everybody wants to cheer and celebrate, and they will sign up for that all day long. If you were put something out there, say, look, we have got conquerors are us or victorious are us, or triumphant are us going on over here, and everybody who signs on this dotted line is going to become victorious and conquerors and triumphant in everything that you do. You'd have people all day long say, I'm willing to give up every struggle and put those things aside. I just want to be overcomer, victorious, triumphant. That'll be my new three names. But what people, I remember being right up there on that stage when we had the brown chairs up there, and I remember, I think, I think it was Bill and Betty Ward here, and they, I was sitting in the chair because I just kind of overwhelmed by the Spirit of the Lord and just sat down. I was physically tired and just in the, in the zone with the Lord, and they began prophesying amazing things over my life. And I remember hearing what they were saying and thinking, that sounds great, except do you know what I'm going to have to go through to be able to walk that out? So here's the other side of that. I'm, I'm trusting that, there's a, that, that what God accomplishes in this message today will stir something from the very core of our being and change our mindset about life and what we're here for. Because it's one thing to say, I'm victorious, I'm overcomer, and see it from the perspective of I have not been beat down, I have not been broken But it's a whole other thing to be able to say, I am an overcomer, I am victorious, I am triumphant because of what God has enabled me to accomplish with my life. Chris McCabe gave a good word the other day, quoting from Matthew 16, I believe. He said, the Lord said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would would not prevail against it. You remember what he said about gates? Gates don't move towards you, right? So when Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, he wasn't talking about the enemy coming and attacking us. He was talking about the church becoming the aggressor and the church going against the gates of hell. The gates were in place, but God intends to do something about the strongholds of the enemy about demolishing the place where the enemy is encamped and walled in, God wants to give the church the ability to go in there and those gates will not prevail against the church when we go out to demolish the strongholds of the enemy. What the enemy has done is tried to dupe us in or cause us to relax into a defensive posture when we're afraid that somehow the enemy is going to come against us. Well, Lord, I know you've made us more than overcomers, so just keep us safe inside these walls. Lord, just keep us victorious behind these barriers. You know, we'll just stay right here and be safe. Lord, I'm going to overcome from back here. Well, let me tell you, overcoming from back here is not overcoming. Overcoming is getting out there and doing something. It's not just overcoming your circumstances. It is ruling in your circumstances. It is taking dominion over the strongholds of the enemy. It is demolishing the strongholds, the gates of hell. Change that mindset. Come on, let's, can we get into it? Can we get into that mindset when it says the gates of hell will not prevail against us? It's not talking about us just being walled up in our safe house. It's about us looking out there and seeing where those strongholds are and realizing these things should not be in place in our homes. These things should not be in place in our families. These things should not be in place in our communities. These things should not be in place in our church. Therefore, we're going to get out there and do something about it through the anointing and the power that God's given us. We're going to demolish the strongholds of the enemy. And those gates will not be able to stand 
against the power and the anointing and the presence of the Lord. They must buckle. They must give in. They must be demolished. God's looking for that kind of people. Just this week, we've, you know, I had that, that uh, uh, pastor's breakfast this week. And I love what I see God doing in there. I love it. And, and part of me uh, is protective like it's a newborn child because God's just birthing something. And I don't want the enemy to step in there and bring strife or division or things like that. So I'm very protective over that. Part of me is really excited because this child comes with promise. And I know that God's got things he wants to accomplish. And one of the things that's being birthed out of that, just so you'll know, is that it came up in the meeting that um, one pastor proposed, and I'm just going to tell you, I won't mention his name, but he sat down beside me and he began to share. And uh, it's a church that just about everybody here would know uh, in the city, been prominent for a really long time. And that pastor sat down beside me and said, I am just so discontent with us just having a performance and just doing church. He said, I don't want that. I want to see lives change, transformation. I want to see life changed. I want people to know the power of God. I want people, and it was not a, not going to define this church. But I found a hunger on the inside to the, to the fact that he was so dissatisfied with just doing church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I don't want to just do church Sunday after Sunday. I want people to have an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. And then, and then what, what he said, look, he said, would, could we consider, and we're talking to the group now, he said, could we consider the night before the National Day of Prayer in May? What if we put our church agendas aside on the Wednesday night and just all went down and you know, they're looking for a location, maybe Parkwood Mall out in the parking lot, but go down and just bring our congregation together and just have a night of prayer and intercede in God for our city. And everybody said, we'll put our agenda aside. We want to go. We want to be there. You know, we'll invite other people. So that's in the works. So y'all be praying for the effectiveness of that, that we can come together. And, and some say, what about Thursday night? You know, we'll, we will do that because Thursday's actual day of prayer, but we're going to do it the night before preceding and interceding for the day of prayer. So... I'm excited about that. How can you not be excited about that? God's moving. So the Spirit of the Lord took me to Isaiah chapter 40. And will you turn with me there? There, God's changing our mindset. He's wanting us to change our mindset because He's not wanting us to just be a people who hear the good things about God and then we stand in this defensive posture and we absorb the things of God and we try to make sure they work out in our life. And that, that's a part of life. But folks, God's called us to more than that. We need to be storming the strongholds of the enemy, tearing down things. This, this last Thursday, Carl and I went down to the Wesley Shelter. We were invited to, by the director of the Wesley Shelter to go down there. How many of you know what the Wesley Shelter is? Your Wesley Shelter has been in town for 36 years. 36 years they've got 33 people on staff they've got a lot of volunteers that go down there and um <clears throat> they deal with domestic violence okay in our town there's a ministry that for 36 years has been dealing with domestic violence it they need 33 people on on staff full-time plus the volunteers plus the resources that go to them uh they deal with sexual assault they deal with people who are, are being battered men and women who need shelter and 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 have to find refuge they have housing for women and children then they can find housing for men that are, are being battered and have to flee their domestic situation it's a very real thing there are people that are are being abused in in very bad ways there's people that have, have had in this town to be rec rescued from sex trafficking where they've been sent from trailer to trailer, you know, where they couldn't, they had a language barrier, could not establish themselves with as far as interactions with people enough to be able to find a safe place. The people who were trafficking them knew to move them around. Folks, this is going on in our area. Is that tolerable to us? I'm just looking at one area, but there is a, I mean, there's, I think it was over 900 
cases that they dealt with last year? I've, we've got the stats and it's online. If you look up Wesley Shelter, you can look it up. But it really struck me that this is going on. I left, I left after we left there, I went over to the, the Wilson Pregnancy Center and met with the director over there and had a conversation. I was able to take what ended up being $850 from our church to be over and go and, and, and bless the, the Wilson Pregnancy Center. So thank you very much for your giving. And got to sit down with the director there and just talk about what they're doing and what, what their vision is and what God's, uh, the changes, some transitions getting ready to happen there for the good. And uh, just hear his heart. And, and, but all of these, they're strongholds in our cities that need to, be, need to be battered down. In the midst of that, look, when we see a stronghold, there are people involved whose lives are being crippled by it. They we can't just demolish a stronghold and then abandon the people who are suffering. We've got to be there to scoop them up, take them in our arms, nurture them back to right thinking and nurture them back to a relationship with God and nurturing them back to hope and a different kind of life. It's one thing to sit in the churches for being very astute and good at pointing out problems in people's lives, but we haven't been very good about restoring and nurturing and giving life where life is needed. Guilt and condemnation comes easy. Hey, we can do that to ourselves. We don't need anyone to point out where we've got problems. We can see our problems. But can we give life? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they might have life. We're walking in his anointing. We should be conveyors of life and hope as well. I do have a scripture I'm going to read. Let's start with Isaiah chapter, chapter 40 and verse 29. Let me start out with this. Last week we had this amazing service, and I was so blessed to, to see our leaders stand up and talk about different areas of ministry. Folks, you know, even for me, I'm the pastor, okay? <laughs> if anybody knows what's going on, it should be me. I mean, I, I'm supposed to know all that stuff, but, and I know in general about things going on, but to hear our leaders stand up and talk about what they're involved with and what their heart was and what's going on really touched me because I realized, you know, we can come here and kind of go through worship and have a service and then go home and that's it kind of thing, you know, think, oh, that Sunday morning thing. But did you hear all the things that are going on around here, all the people that are involved in different kind of ways? What a blessing. And folks... Believe it or not, on a national scale, I think the, the uh, a median church is about 75, uh, a larger church. When you get up to, to 80 or 85 people, it's actually considered a large church by a national scale. It's not mega church. You know, we've got mega churches on TV. You're like, wow, look at all those people. But really, on a national level, a, a church of 75, 80, you're getting up into being a large church. And there's transitions that have to come in leadership at that point to help to move beyond that. But... Um, but God's doing things in, the, in our midst. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to get to this scripture. Isaiah 40 in verse 30. Look at this. I'm going to start with 29. He gives strength to the weary. I'm saying that because I was talking about all those leaders that are so busy in so many different kind of ways. And all of you who give yourselves and volunteer and, and pour in. And, you know, folks, sometimes just life will make you weary. Anybody? We've all got stuff that we deal with. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. So just go ahead and take hold of that if you need that. Lord, I need power increased. Let me just reassure you, okay? You may feel like, okay, it, maybe it's my age, maybe. He said, but it says here in verse 30, even youths, even the youth, youths, even youths grow tired and weary. Even young people get tired, and young men stumble and fall. Here comes the good stuff. But those who wait, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Amen, amen. Those who wait on the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, they will renew their strength. It says they will soar or they will mount up on wings. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. 
And all of a sudden, there's words to songs ringing in my head. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Wait on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. A few, it's been more than a month now, the Lord gave me a word and said, be prepared for the gathering of eagles. Be prepared for a gathering of eagles. And I have, at first, I like, that was unusual. You know, where did that come from? And as that has gone, continued to just surface and, and go through my being, there's this anticipation that, that comes to me. And I just want to talk about it just a little bit. Um, part of it stirred yesterday. We were going down the road on the way to Hillsboro. Cecile's dad had, uh, had a stroke last week, and we went up there to go be with them and to, to pray with, with him. And uh, as we were passing Hillsboro going north, all of a sudden I saw this bird come out of the sky, and it had large wings. And as it got to a certain height above the trees, all of a sudden those wings folded up, and I saw it swoop its tail and maneuvered and swooped right down to the ground and then it came out across the road and went and landed up at a pine tree and I thought that I saw and then I knew that I saw when it came up across the road and landed up in the pine tree there was a bald eagle and uh, this was up near Hillsboro now there's been a bald eagle in the area here and uh, I love that I love that it's there, it was distinct to me in how that eagle flew you know, we see these broad spread winged birds up there in the sky soaring around. They got the feathers all flayed out like that, which is characteristic of the large birds of prey. That's flight feathers to give them the ability to soar. But a lot of those large birds that we see up there are just buzzards or it's either the American buzzard or the turkey, or the black buzzard or the, the turkey vulture. If you see them on the ground, the one with the red heads is the turkey, turkey vulture. The black head is the buzzard. Y'all all needed to know that, I'm sure. <clears throat> but there was something distinct about the eagle dropping out of the sky and the buzzard and how it comes down. If you see the buzzard, they soar and they drift. And something that's interesting about a buzzard is, did you know that while a buzzard is a big bird, it does not have the ability to carry off prey? It does not have the physical strength to actually carry off prey. It has the ability to, to, to find uh, something that's dead and decaying, and it has the ability to pick it clean. But it does not have the ability to carry off prey. It doesn't have the strength to do it. And folks, in the body of Christ, there are a lot of people that have the ability to point out problems. And then I had to pick the bones clean. But a lot of times those people don't have the ability to really accomplish anything other than just pick something apart. They'll take the life right out of it. They'll pick it clean. But there's a, a, a difference in an eagle. And do you know how, how does a buzzard or a turkey vulture identify its prey? Do you all know? By smell. They can smell a rotting or dead carcass from miles away. And you'll see this. You'll see them come soaring in. They're coming in. There's something dead over there. I'm coming. I'm going to come pick at it. And, and buzzards, <laughs> can I say in the body of Christ? Buzzards in the body of Christ can identify something's wrong. And they'll come identify it from a long way. And they just start pointing out. They're coming to pick it apart. But they're not really coming to add anything to it. They're just coming to point out what's wrong. There's people like that. So a, a buzzard finds its prey by smelling it out. It smells death and is drawn to death. But they can smell it from miles around, and they'll start circling in. And you can, you can watch them, you know, up in the sky. I don't know if you all stop and do that kind of thing. I love it. So how does an eagle find its prey? By sight, by vision. So what draws an eagle is that it sees something. It has a vision for something, and it pursues what it sees. God spoke to me and said, be prepared for a gathering of eagles. Be prepared for me to bring people in that have vision. 
They've already got something going on on the inside. There's something stirring on the inside. They're just looking for a place for it to happen. Eddie, I know you've loved eagles for a long time. Eagles nest and eagle everything. <laughs> but a gathering of eagles. So what, what's challenging about a gathering of eagles? Number one, eagles are solitary animals. They'll get up there and soar and they fly. And other than being a mating pair, that they pretty much do their own thing. And, and folks, I know that as a, a body, there, we've been able to do some things together. There's some of you got some things stirring on the inside. You've had things stirring on the inside. And, and when you get in that place with the Lord, you tend to kind of do your thing. Well, I want that your thing to become an us thing. I want us to find something to, to, that we can knit together with. I want us to find areas where you can take the gift and the ability and that vision that God's put in your life and, and help meld it into what God's wanting to do in here that we begin to flow together. And what causes eagles to gather? There's got to be something significant enough going on to where the eagles just, they're going to come back in. There's a salmon run going on. God's moving in a supernatural way, and they recognize that that's the place where they come in. So God, let me just tell you this. God's going to bring people into this place that may seem unusual. They may seem individualistic. We may be able to recognize that there's gifts and things going on, and there may be some maturing that needs to happen in those lives, but we need to have a heart to be able to work with eagles. God's going to be bringing us people that have supernatural gifts and abilities, and they have a vision to do it, and we need to learn how to work with them. We're not trying to bind them up and keep them from being able to be who God called them to be. We want their wings to be able to spread so they can soar and that they can actually fulfill what God called them to do. What did God birth in their heart? What have they got in their spirit? What are they seeing through their eyes? What's God put inside of them? Why did God bring them here? God brought them here because he knew that they could be a part with us and they could be a part of us and that we could accomplish his purposes together. It's going to take that kind of people in order for us to be able to do what God's calling us to do. Folks, God's going to use this church, and I don't mean this in any kind of negative way. I mean this 100% in a positive way, but God's going to shake things up. God already is shaking things up. God, we're, not in, we're not in conflict. Let me just, I'm going to say this because I want this to be a core of our, of our church. We are not in conflict, and we are not in competition with the churches that are around us. We are complementary to them. They may do things differently. They may have some things that they believe differently. But whether we can understand it or see it, you know, Greg and I don't look alike. We're different. He's got hair. But we can complement one another. If we dig deep enough, we can probably find things that we disagree on. But the reality is we can walk in fellowship with one another. You know, we share Jesus. And, and I, I, when I pray for our city and I pray for a move of God in our city, and I pray for God to demolish the strongholds of our city, I take, took a, a different route here. 301's a mess. When you're driving up 301, you're stopping and starting, and they're moving the cones and changing things around, and they're going to get it fixed. It's going to get straightened out. It's getting better. But now Lipscomb Road's a mess, you know, coming up that way. And, and uh, I, don't, I think that's Lipscomb. I'm not sure if that's Ward over there, but it's a mess. They've got a lane closed off. And so I decided I was just going to cut right through Pender Street and go, you know, I, I came to that corner and I cut down Hines and went through Pender Street. And it's a good straight shot down to 301. You know what struck me? I could not believe how many churches I passed on Pender Street. There's churches all over the place on Pender Street, all over the place. You go... You go around Ward Boulevard, you'll see churches all over the place. You take Raleigh Road, and you'll see churches all over the place. And you go out Tillman, you'll see churches all over the place. And all over the city, there's churches all over the city. Let me tell you, if, if having churches in town could get it done, it would have been done. But just having churches in town does not accomplish the purpose of God. Years ago, I went through the phone book and counted up how many churches there were in Wilson County. And I think at that time, so this is dated numbers, I think at that time there were 230 churches. There have been more churches since that time. Storefront churches, build, built churches, all kinds of churches. There's home churches. There's all kinds of churches all over the place. But folks, all that is, is not accomplishing what God wants done. 
I think we've supplanted the mission of the church with just a man agenda or something like that, but we've got to get back to our core. What are we here to do? Folks, let's talk about us. Let's talk about us. I, we, we believe. We believe that God can transform lives. We believe in the power and anointing of God. We believe that all of that is active and available through the church today. Amen? Don't you believe that? We believe that God can take someone who's bound up, that, God, that someone that's caught in addictions, that's caught in bad lifestyles, and we believe that they can have an encounter with God and God can change them. You know where we have a problem? Can I be plain? We believe that God, they can come in contact with the power of God, that God can change them. So we get together every Sunday morning and have praise and worship and hear the word of God and we have a closing prayer and we go home. As long as someone will come inside our bubble, we'll let them have an encounter with God. You know what I mean? If they would, just, if they would have just been there, let me just tell you something. God can move mightily in this house and God can do things, but this is not where God intends for all that ministry to happen. Well, we went through, we had people that were here early to open up the church and turn the heat on. We had people here that, that came here to prepare to minister to the kids and the youth. And we had the praise and worship team went to their practice. And then we got started on time. Donna opened up in service and Heidi and helped out in getting the communion ready. We went through all that. We had all those things. And man, it sure could have been a great day if somebody just had come to church. Okay. Did we invite anyone to come to church? If we're believing for God to do things here, then did we invite anyone to come here? How are they ever going to know? How are they ever going to come? How are they going to ever experience unless they're here? Okay, let me give you a whole other opportunity because I can't leave it alone. Yes, we want people to come. We need to invite people. Can I just step beyond that real quick? Because I am not of the mindset that everything that God does has to be inside this building. You are infused with the power of God. God's anointing is upon you. You just need to learn how to release it, to be able to share the truth that's in your heart, to release the power and anointing of God. Get, Lord Jesus, yesterday I prayed for my father-in-law. I said, Lord, we're not coming to you because we're perfect. We're coming to you because you're perfect. Just release the power of God to people. Speak life over them. Bring hope into their hopeless situation. Let them experience just a bit of what you've experienced. You've been walking with God for a year or a hundred years. Just let them taste and see. You don't know how good a little bit of honey on bread tastes to someone that's starving. Just a little bit of hope in a hopeless situation. Oh my goodness, if they could only heard, have, have heard what God's done in your life. Share life with people. You know, our mindset's got to change. Can we just change it right now? Folks, God's going to do ministry right here in a corporate and an amazing kind of way. And some of it's going to be from you praying for someone and going out there and having a word from somebody. And God touching people down at the altar. God wants to do that. But I tell you what God wants to do more than that. God wants to go for a walk with you out there into the community and touch somebody's life. Believe in what God's done in your life. Believe in what he's already accomplished in you. And just take that and share it with people. Amen. There's eagles. You know what you do to stop an eagle? First thing you do. If you can blind an eagle, they can't get to where their food source is. If you can take an eagle that's been made to soar, to made to spread those majestic wings and take flight on the wind. Can I say, oh, the Spirit, take flight, rise up and soar above the, the difficulties and the storm and be up there and be able to soar. But if you can take and bind that eagle down to where it can't spread its wings, then it's nothing but a majestic-looking turkey on the ground. You know, it's got talons and a beak and everything like that. But it really can't do much more than something that's bound down to the ground. I just want to challenge you to throw off 
those snares and those nets and those things that the enemy has tried to place over you to bind you down, whether it, you know, the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and powers in the heavenly realms. How does the enemy attack? We're a tripart being, so he attacks us in basically three areas. He attacks our flesh. So he attacks us in our physical bodies and tries to bind us down and, and keep us immobilized so we can't do what God's called us to do. And if that flesh aspect is not an error that we're wrestling with, he tries to bind our mind. We're spirit, soul, the mind realm. And he tries to tell us that you're not worthy, that you're not like somebody else, that you don't have the ability. He tells us that, that there's been lies that have spoken of us, so he binds us up in our mind and, and puts thoughts there that are not of him that are not of God. He puts thoughts in our mind to make us think less of ourselves than who we are or that we think that other people think less of us and somehow we don't measure up to other people. And so he uses that atmosphere of our mind to be able to bind us down and control us and to keep us from being who we are. We also know that it's a reality that we do face struggles in a spiritual realm. The enemy is actually out trying to attack and destroy and try to keep us from being who we've been called to be. And in that place, God says to us, you've been made more than conquerors. Recognize the attack of the enemy and take a stand against it. Just a few weeks ago, I got into, uh, this is going to sound, some of you may, don't interpret this too deeply, but I felt like I got kind of like in a spiritual funk. In the Greek, that word means, no, no. I don't know of any Greek word for that. But I got in a place where it just kind of like I was in a fog. I, I couldn't see. It seemed like I was just busy and not feeling the sense of the Spirit of the Lord and what God was wanting to do. And so it just felt like I was being stifled. And I finally had to just think, what is going on here? Why am I feeling this type of thing? So I had to start taking authority over it. I said, no, in Jesus' name. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Okay, if there's anything that I've done that's offensive to you and causing a conflict in our relationship, then Lord, please forgive me. Clear that up. If there's any, anything that I've done that I want to know if I'm doing something offensive, so clear that up. Clear, clear the, the, pay, the page. And then I said, but Lord, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. So I take authority over every attack of the enemy that's coming against my life, that's trying to bind up my mind and keep me seized up so I can't have spiritual vision to see what you want me to see. So we wrestle. Yes, we have to wrestle. Physical in our mind and in the spirit, to be able to overcome the snares of the enemy. This scripture tells us that if we wait, if we trust, if we hope, if we lean on the Lord, we will renew our strength. We will mount up on wings as eagles. We'll run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. Folks, God can work effectively through us. Turn real quickly in your Bibles. And let me just... Say these words over you. We're getting real close to closing here, but I've got a couple of things I need to share with you because I believe this is a word to us and to the church. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises or has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Look, folks, darkness covers the earth. And a thick darkness is over the people. The people of the world out there are living in the fog. They're living in darkness. They can't see to do what's right. They may try to do what's right, but they can't see to do what's right. But the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears to, over you. Look what it says, folks. Look what it says in the next verse. Get this. Nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. Look, God's put a light inside of us. The nations out there, whether they're the nations that live in our neighborhood or the nations that are at the grocery store or the nations that have been coming to our community or the nations of our city or the nations of our state or, or whether it be government. There ought to be something evident inside of us that causes them to want that spiritual insight and want that spiritual um, direction and understanding. This is not a scripture that says want to, should be, ought to be. It says arise, shine, for your light has come. It's a positive affirmation. It's not a, I wish it were, maybe someday. It's saying has. Let me just speak to something to you. There is something inside of you that needs to be let out. 
God's got things that he's going to do. I am determined that we're going to be a people that he does it through. You know, stir up the warrior inside of you and just say, God, if you're going to do something, I want to be right in the middle of it. If you're going to move something, I want to be there pushing while you're moving it. God, if you're going to change some hearts, I want to be there speaking to them when you do it. If you're going to heal somebody, I want to be there praying while you're praying. I don't want to just hear about somebody else's story about what you accomplished through them. I want to be right in the middle of it. Turn over one chapter, Isaiah chapter 61. This was a prophecy given through Isaiah concerning the coming Messiah, okay? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You know, if it didn't say preach, maybe they would have said to tell good news to the poor. To go out there and just talk to somebody about it. We put preach and all of a sudden we think it's going to happen from behind the pulpit. But reality is it's going out there and telling the word. How are they going to know unless somebody says something? How are they going to hear unless we speak? To preach good news to the poor. Over in, in Matthew, Jesus said, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God. There's people out there that know that they're spiritually needy. Blessed are they. They need good news. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom. Freedom to the captives. It says the release from darkness for prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of God's vengeance. Okay, this this scripture, go back, step back to the end of verse 1. In the NIV, it says, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Does your Bible say prisoners? Okay. It's interesting because when Jesus took this thing at the initiation of his ministry in Luke chapter 4, the first time Jesus spoke in the synagogue, he lifted this scripture out and he spoke this regarding himself in ministry. He says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. And he went through this whole passage. But in that thing where it says, release from darkness the prisoners, he used a different word in there. He says, the release from darkness. He speaks the release of darkness for the blind. He talks about, I've got to go there. I'm there. The recovery of sight for the blind. And the word darkness there in in the, uh, the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament that was common in Jesus' day, it actually does in the Septuagint have the word blind there in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 61, but I'm going to bore you with the details. It was interesting that Jesus proclaimed that he was going to open the eyes of the blind. He was going to set those who were living in darkness, spiritual darkness, physical darkness, he was going to open their eyes and they'd be able to see truth. Not tangled up in details, but it starts out, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news. That same Spirit is upon us. If you're a child of God, if you've been called by God, if you've, if you've been set aside by the Lord, if you've been drawn into relationship with Him, you could stand up, and I just want to encourage you, I would love for you to just take that scripture and put it on your mirror in the morning and just say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to proclaim the good news, to declare the good news to the people I come in contact with. I'm not talking about Peace Church. I'm not talking about Farmington Heights. I'm not talking about First Baptist. I'm not talking about... You put a name of whatever church you, comes to your mind, and I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Impact Church of Wilson, this street here, 3338 Corbett Avenue. Folks, what God wants to do through us is not going to happen if we wait for them to walk in our doors. What's going to be powerful and transformational is when we walk through theirs or when we go into their business, or when we come across them in the street. See, people treat me differently. Why? Because I'm Pastor David. I go out there in the community, and their language changes, their conversation changes. They, they're different because they clean up because the pastor's in the house. 
But when you walk up to them and you tell them what God's doing in your life and you give hope and life to them, it changes. Now, God's going to do things for me because I'm jealous for God to do things in me. I want us to get jealous to see God move. I'm glad to see you here. This is your first time here. It's good to have you all here. I'm celebrating that. I, I wish that there were... 20 people who had been contacted with a good word of Jesus this week. Next week, there ought to be new people in this place. There ought to be more new people because life begets life. No rock is going to beget another rock unless it gets split in two. Ain't no way a rock's going to birth another rock. But life begets life. And if a plant doesn't reproduce itself, there's not something not quite right. It's been somehow manufactured. It's been produced in a different kind of way. If a plant doesn't put forth a runner and start another plant, or if it doesn't produce a seed that produces another seed, then puts in, produce another, a plant. And if uh, a sea turtle doesn't go lay eggs on that beach and produce new sea turtles, you know what's going to happen? There's not going to be any sea turtles. And if you pick it. Some kind of living organism is not in some way reproducing itself and producing life in another organism and another being and, and duplicating and sharing life with other people. It's dying. But we have been impregnated with life. We ought to be reproducing ourselves in the lives of others. I won't stop there. Lord, would you just stand with me and we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Life is infectious. You come across somebody who's bubbling with life and you're just like, did you see that person? Oh, my goodness. Weren't they fun to be around? They're infectious. God, I want to speak right now to that vision that's been stifled, your God. I want to speak right now to that person that you created to soar that's been cloaked in darkness god i want to speak to that spirit right now that you put inside someone your lord to be alive and free and vibrant your god but somehow there have been cords wrapped all around that that somehow the enemy has used some kind of physical something or some kind of mental torment or or, 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 or disbelief or, or some type of spiritual attack has come and completely hemmed in and kept that person from being what they were created to be. God, would you set the captives free this morning? God, would you set even in, the, in your house, your God, even amongst your people, your Lord, the people who have been stifled by life and stifled by infirmity and stifled by the accusations of the enemy or stifled by behaviors that they know that they shouldn't be there or stifled, your Lord, because the enemy is just warred against them, trying to keep them from being able to be what you created them to be. So God, this morning, cut the chains, cut the cables, your God, cut the cords off, and Lord, and open the eyes and restore the vision for what you created them to be. And Lord, let the wind of your spirit come and let those wings un unfold, your Lord, and open up and be able to catch that wind, Lord, and for them to be able to lift up so that they can see and be what you called them to be. So be it, Lord. God, we want you to effectively extend life through this congregation into our community, your God. We have an important and vital part to play in the mix of what you're doing in the spiritual environment in our city, dear Lord. We add a dimension to our community, dear Lord. There's other churches that are good at things, dear God, but we've got something that we're good at too, dear Lord. We want to hear and know and speak and do the works of the Lord. So God, would you work effectively through us, dear God? Lord, we don't have to look around and try to find somebody else to do it because you're doing it in us. You're doing it effectively through us. Lord, make there be a yes inside of us. And with a righteous jealousy, dear Lord, let us pursue it, your God, that we're not going to wait around and wait to see somebody else do it, your God. We're going to be right there in the middle of it. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Lord, be glorified in your church that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that's in heaven. God, we're, we want to be your people. We want to be that people, dear Lord. 
Work through us, O oh God. We refuse to fight a defensive battle being picked apart by the enemy, walled into some kind of safe house, some kind of safe little space, pushed back, buttoned down, never being able to, to conquer and to destroy the works. We refuse to fight a defensive battle while the enemy's throwing fiery darts and, and picking us away and wearing us down and tiring us out and wearying us. We refuse to fight a defensive battle in Jesus' name. We've been created to be warriors in Christ. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are victorious in Him. We, he leads us forth. He always, it says, leads us forth in triumph in Christ Jesus. So be it. May it be unto us according to your word. God, we want it just the way you want it. Right now, if you're in this place and you need a breakthrough with the Lord, if you need a new beginning, if you need to make a fresh dedication to the Lord, I just want to encourage you to just reach out to the Lord in your own heart right now and say, Lord, here I am. You know my condition. God, I don't come with any kind of falsehood. But God, would you cleanse me? Today's the day of new beginnings. Embrace Christ for who he is. Embrace Jesus for who he is. He died for your sins. He was raised from the grave. He is Lord of all. If you need prayer, come on down to the front. If you need us to pray with you, to talk with you, to encourage you, then feel free to do that. We're going to dismiss everybody to go in just a minute here. Bless your name. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, Jesus. Lord, speak to the hearts of this people. May you dwell with us, your God, to the extent to where we're having conversations with you. You're telling secrets into our hearts, your God, so that we can share life with people that we come in contact with. Give us knowledge beyond our knowledge, your God. Give us wisdom beyond our wisdom. Give us insight and revelation, your God, and discernment. Give us faith. Manifest healings, your God. May the works of the Lord be accomplished through us. We are your hands and your feet. We are your mouthpiece. Be blessed, Lord, through what you accomplish through your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.